mascots foamed about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal, Mount Rushmore. on a Wednesday afternoon, a little bit later than normal. Sorry, everybody, but we are here. Adam and Scott scamming you right now on September 12th. It's Wednesday. We're going to have a Friday show as well, and we welcome you. How you doing, Scott White? I'm doing good, Adam. Right. How are you? How are your this fantasy, fine afternoon. How are your fantasy football teams doing? How was week one for you? Uh, I only have two fantasy football teams this year since... Uh, since I'm not around the daytime, I wasn't asked to do a lot of the office leagues, which is fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I won one on one. Good for you. Good start. Yeah. I don't want to tell you how I did in week one. It's not important. It's not important. What's <laughs> important is is uh, what happened on Monday and Tuesday in baseball, including the return of Josh Donaldson and some new closers. I'm picking up relievers left and right right now. I need to win saves in a categories league, and there are some some saves out there. So we will update you on all of that. We will talk about first base in 2019. We will talk about shortstop in 2019. I will just give you the stat now. Uh, the number 12 shortstop in points leagues is currently outscoring the number 12 first baseman. And that is crazy. And later on we'll discuss just how crazy it is. Scott, uh, you know, it's weird to talk about something like this in a fantasy angle, but have you studied the impact that uh, the hurricane may have on – Baseball and fantasy, because you know a lot of people were sort of planning on postponements this weekend, and uh, you know, and adjusting their rosters accordingly on Monday with the storm about to hit the Carolinas. Yeah, and it's supposed to continue in a northwesterly fashion, right? Uh, which I imagine would mean. The Washington Baltimore area, um, the Philadelphia yeah. area is up that way too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, um, pulling up the schedules of those teams now, and well, yeah, the, well, the Orioles are hosting the White Sox this weekend, so I know okay. like some people had some reservations about Lucas Giolito making his second start. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it, it isn't something I considered. I probably should have. Uh, but yeah, there are definitely going to be some canceled games. It's fair to say. Washington doesn't look like, it, it looks like they're going to be away, except for today. They have an isolated home game, but actually on Thursday. Yeah, they have a double, they have a um, makeup of a postponement, yeah. Yeah, I don't and know then about they're going to be game, back on the road. Cause, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the weather's going to be like there on Thursday, but, yeah, it's possible there are going to be some rainouts. I, th- I think that Nationals game on Thursday does have a chance to get rained out. Cause is it against the Cubs? It is against the Cubs. They were talking about how it might get rained out, as I recall. But um, uh, we'll see what happens. I know some adjustments were made. And, uh, look, the most important thing is we hope it doesn't uh, really do too much damage. And we wish everybody the best of luck. Josh Donaldson is back. He went 0-4 for 4 on Tuesday. And he batted fifth. He played third base at Tampa Bay. He's going to sit today. He's already sitting today. That game is underway. And Donaldson will be back in the lineup on Friday. I have uh, trying to tweet a little bit and help people out and how I'm viewing Josh Donaldson. I have Travis Shaw on a team. It's a daily lineup league. 
I don't think you like you got to see what happens over the weekend before we start Donaldson in a weekly lineup league. But in a daily lineup league, Travis Shaw has an OPS, I believe, under 600 against lefties. So I did sit Shaw for Donaldson yesterday, and it didn't work out. Shaw at least drew a walk. Donaldson went over four, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's like he's not a must start, right? Shaw? No, Donaldson. N- Donaldson? No, no, not. He has to show something first after as much time as he's missed. I expect him to be rusty. I'm not totally sure he's healthy. Um, you know, he's he's activated now because it, they they want to get something out of him and and they want to make sure he's up to speed by the time the postseason gets here. But he's had plenty of setbacks along the way in his recovery, so I really don't know what to expect from him. Worth owning, but not somebody I'm counting on. I'm not even, you know, we already gave him the welcome back music. I'm not giving it to him again. You don't get it twice in a week. You have it. He hasn't earned it. You know, maybe when he homers, we'll give him one. Um, news and notes. Sean and I are out for the year. He's having shoulder surgery and he could miss all of 2019. That's, yeah. that surprised me because it was arthroscopic shoulder surgery. I didn't realize it was going to be like that. Yeah. That is, that is a serious absence. That is like Tom, somebody had Tommy John surgery this time of year. That's, how much time you'd expect him to miss? So, uh, at least we don't have to debate whether or not his yeah. BABIP's going to normalize next year. I uh, guess. I guess not. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rather have him available to draft though. Um, Corey Kluber. Wow. So my friend, my friend, he's like, oh man, I need Kluber to get rained out this weekend. I'm playing against him. He's got two starts. He gets crushed on Monday. Four runs and an inning and two-third, and now he's getting his start skipped uh this weekend. So Kluber should be a two-star pitcher next week, but that's a tough break. If you own Corey Kluber, you got nothing from him this week. You got ne- you got worse than nothing, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was my number one two-star pitcher for the week. Obviously, he's Corey Kluber. Yeah. And this this has been just a disaster scenario for his owners. Uh So... Yeah, that's tough. It that's is tough. tough. And, and it looked like he had turned it around. Not that he was ever so bad, but he's been pitching, he had been pitching through a knee injury. And well, he's probably the AL Cy Young frontrunner, right? Who else would be? Verlander? Uh, um, people are on the, people are on the Snell train, who by the way is absolutely cruising right now. Um, as we speak, Snell is out pitching a guy who he's much, much better than Carlos Carrasco. Six hitless innings, two walks, eight strikeouts for Blake Snell thus far. He might throw a no-hitter while we're on the air, Scott. Get excited. <laughs> yeah. Huh? I mean, he does lead the majors in wins and does have a 206 ERA. No, not he's anymore. Right not, now it's 199. Gonna... <laughs> oh, okay, because he's in the middle of pitching now, yeah. I think he's, I think he's gonna win the Cy Young. He might not even get to 180 innings, though. I'm not sure anybody's ever won a Cy Young, at least in a, you know, a season that wasn't strike shortened with, well, and obviously there were some relievers who've won. But a starting pitcher, I don't, I'm not sure one's ever won with less than 180 innings. I wonder where Kluber, going back to Kluber, is he gonna be part of the big whatever next year? However many bigs there are. Big four this year. DeGrom might move into that next year. Snell might move into that. Kershaw might move out for all I know. I, mean, I don't think so. But uh, is is Kluber going to be part of that group? So I 
just published my latest and most definitive uh Look at the first two rounds for 2019. Oh, nice. All right. Something to, yeah. something to dive into next week. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Max Scherzer is the only pitcher going in the first round. The second round includes Chris Sale. It includes Jacob deGrom. And it includes Corey Kluber. So he's fourth for me. Justin Verlander's fifth. He's right there, too. And then Clayton Kershaw's back in the first two rounds after... Looking like he might fall out of that group for a while. So, those are the those are the only pitchers I'm looking at in the first two rounds. Six of them in all. So Kluber's made 30 starts this year. His last 16 starts, he has a 3.87 ERA. He has just under a strikeout per inning, a very okay 12% swinging strike rate. So I don't know. People might see this as a warning sign, or people might say, "Well, he's been pitching through a knee injury. He's going to be just fine." Uh, we'll mm-hmm. see. We have we have an off season to talk about that. Aaron Judge is making progress, but he's not pain free yet. Marcus Stroman unlikely to return this year. I just want you to know that the best matchup in baseball—it's probably the White Sox. They strike out a ton, but the Giants are really, really up there. Going into uh, Wednesday, oh, actually going into Tuesday. I got to check what they did on Tuesday. But going into Tuesday, the Giants had scored three or fewer runs in six straight games. And then they got shut down yesterday by someone. Uh, how many runs did they score yesterday? Uh, they scored one! Fulton Evich with a complete <laughs> game, that's right. So the Giants look like, honestly, arguably the best matchup in fantasy right now. So Tyler Anderson faces them this week. I don't know if you're going to trust them, but... Uh, they, they are at San Diego and at St. Louis next week. There might be some pitchers, maybe like a Joey Lucchese who's pitching today, or this, pitching soon. Um... He might have a great start against the Giants. Keep an eye on it. Joey Votto was rested on Tuesday, but he just missed the home run on Monday, so he stayed hot. Um, Scott, okay, I'm gonna. I might embarrass myself. I might embarrass myself. Yeah, nothing new. I t- hey, I take that abuse on the football podcast, not here. <laughs> what? I don't know. I can't figure it out. What happened to Sergio Romo? Where is Sergio Romo? He he never pitches anymore. Did he go on vacation? <laughs> um, not that I'm aware of. He never. I hadn't observed pitches. this myself. I, I don't understand what's going on. It's like they've moved on from him. You're right. He's only made one September appearance. I've Google searched this so many times. I'm going to try a Twitter search for Sergio Romo, <laughs> but I just don't know what the heck is happening. I wish I had an answer for you, but no, this is something I that. Hadn't even been on my radar. Yeah, uh, they haven't had many save opportunities. Jose Alvarado might be their their closer. Yeah, I I just don't know. Like he he is a, he seems to be sometimes against tougher left-handers. That's been a thing. But yeah, I'm not seeing I'm not seeing any suggestion that Sergio Romo isn't available. Yeah, very odd. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> More than a okay, week good. I, I, I guess we're both embarrassed now. Um, yeah. Johan Camargo sat today on Wednesday. He has groin tightness. If you still own Nate Evaldi, he's in the bullpen now. You can cut him. George Springer's day-to-day. Cody Bellinger is sitting against lefties. The Dodgers have been a real fantasy headache. Uh, Michael Franco has a shoulder contusion, and Jacob deGrom set a single-season record with 26 straight starts of three or fewer earned runs. If that man does not win the Cy Young in both leagues... I'm going to be pretty <laughs> upset about it. 
Yeah, I'm to that point too. For a while, I was I was stumping for Max Scherzer, but it was kind of under the assumption that Degrom's ERA would normalize a bit before the season's end, and uh, we're running out of starts for that to happen. Obviously, right? It could. I mean, he still has three left. Maybe he gives up seven earned runs in one of those starts. But as things stand now, I think you got to give him the. Give him the hardware, which is, I mean, a 171 ERA. That's like, in my time following baseball, which is coming up on 25 years, Um, that's the fourth lowest ERA, I think, for a pitcher who would have a qualifying number of innings. There, there were the two Maddox years. There was Granke a couple years ago. Pedro? Pedro, maybe? It, yeah, I don't think he ever had one that low. Kershaw, no. He's had sub two ERAs before, but I don't think this low. Wow. Um, and yet he's eight and nine, sub five hundred record. What is his ERA? One seventy one. Oh, Pedro had a one seventy four. Oof. In uh, two thousand. Oof. Yeah, pretty good year. Pretty close. Pretty good. Pretty year. close. Yeah. Wow, um, that's amazing what Degrom's done for sure. Yeah, yeah, and a sub five hundred record's never won the Cy Young before. Um, but like, it's it's really weird. And I know some people are just like, "Oh, this, kill the win." This is a good reason why you kill the win. I mean, I don't know why you have to approach it that way. Like, why you can't just say, "Wow, this is really weird," but it's obvious he's pitched well. Yeah. Um, you know. You don't necessarily have to kill the wind. You can just value it appropriately. Right, right. Is... No, there's no need for that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Leave the wind alone. Leave the hashtag that. Leave the wind alone. All right, into the bullpen we go. Sean Doolittle got a save. Greg Holland also got a save. They won two games of a doubleheader. Holland pitched twice. He set up Doolittle uh, in the early game and then um, got to save. They're not going to pitch Doolittle twice in one day. So um, I think that's what happened, right? Didn't Holland get the save? On Tuesday night, let me double check on that. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what happened. He got, they each got a save in a doubleheader. Yeah, Holland right. got a save the day before with Doolittle setting him up, but it was reversed in the first game of the doubleheader yesterday. Right, Holland right, set up right. Doolittle, and then Holland got a save in the second game. I assume because uh, Doolittle wasn't available. Right. I I think I think they're back to Doolittle closing. Yeah, that's how I interpreted it as well. Uh, Yoshi, Yoshihisa Hirano. That's who I picked up, Scott. I do own Boxberger. I now own both of them. I will start both of them, uh, in my daily categories league and hope that one of them gets a save. And I expect it would be Hirano. Now, they started out with Diekman in the ninth inning. They brought him in to face two lefties. He gave up a double and a bunt single. They brought in Hirano and he got out of the jam and he got the save. And he's just having a really good year. He's got a 180 ADRA, man. Like, Hirano forever. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably him. Archie Bradley has stumbled lately too. Uh they've already said Boxberger's out and they're going by committee. But who else is going to be part of that committee? Brad Ziegler? Right. But I, I thought maybe Boxberger could also be part of that committee. It's possible, but you know how this goes. I do, yes. If if somebody gets the job done, a manager is inclined to stick with him. As I think I would be too. I mean, you can make a case that 
no, you're you right. Can make, you're right. You're right. You can make a case that like you shouldn't be reactive in that sort of way and and trust in the the larger sample of numbers to play out over the course of time. But I just think the emotional aspect of being a human being makes that very difficult to do. And Brad Hand and Cody Allen appear to be trading save opportunities. Hand blew a save on Monday. Cody Allen got the save on Tuesday. It's been a lot more hand lately, though. It has been, yes. Yeah. Uh, he did set up Allen yesterday, but yeah, I, I can't imagine he blows the save on Monday and all of a sudden he's done being a saves guy for them. He is the he is the preferred option, I think, in the Indians' bullpen, the one I'd rather own. And Ty Buttrey, B-U-T-T-R-E-Y, yep, 2% Buttrey. owned. He is an Angels closer, and he has gotten two saves in his last three appearances. And he might be their closer. He might be because uh Parker, Blake Parker, worked in the eighth inning yesterday. And then Buttrey. And, and he blew their no-hitter, by the way, in the eighth inning. Oh, that jerk. I know. Bull, bullpen game, and they're throwing a no-hitter. There's got to be – you know there's going to be a weak link in that chain. <laughs> I like the name Buttrey, though. It sounds like how you would say buttery if you were Michael Caine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who who did we like, come up? Who did we come up with? Uh, <laughs> that's funny, by the way. Who did we come up with? Uh, Phil, who was it? We decided to combine his first and last name. Was it the guy on the Reds? Phil Irvin. Yeah, Phil Irvin. Phil Irvin. Yeah, that's right. Phil Irvin Buttry. <laughs> Buttry. <laughs> that's Most good, Master Wayne. Yeah, I like it. I made I made you scone, Master Wayne. It's Buttry. <laughs> Dude, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so that's your uh, your closer update from your friends here at Fantasy Baseball today. Why are we your friends? Because we give you money. We we literally come to your house and hand you money, sort of, figuratively speaking. Uh, that's through the SeatGeek app. You want to save twenty bucks on your first SeatGeek purchase? Use the SeatGeek app and the code Fantasy. What is SeatGeek? It is uh, it has changed my ticket buying life, my ticket buying ways. Um, because I buy a lot of tickets. You know, I used to buy more, but but I go to games. I go to concerts. I'm, I'm fun. I have fun. I go out. And I used to go to Craigslist and this website and that website and Google and all that looking for the best deals. Don't have to do that anymore. SeatGeek does that for me. SeatGeek will do that for you. It will save you time. It will save you money by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. So it's sports, it's concerts, it's comedy, it's theater. Any type of ticket you need, you get it on SeatGeek. Just download the app and use the code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. FANTASY is the code. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Email of the day, number one, is from Mitchell. We got a lot of your emails coming up later. Fantasybaseball at CBSI.com. Is Herman Marquez for real? Do you think Marquez, Marquez will go in the first five rounds of a 12-team head-to-head draft next year? For seven rounds. Scott, we seem to talk about this every time, but he keeps on getting better and better. Herman Marquez, 11 strikeouts. That's three straight starts with double-digit strikeouts. Is he a top seven round? I don't know about top five round, but seven round pick next year. I think that's possible. Five rounds, uh, it, people would have to go pretty aggressively after starting pitching, I think, for that to happen. But my hunch right now, unless something changes in his performance between now and the end of the season, if he, you know, has three awful starts in the season, maybe 
you rethink it. But my guess is right now he'll be a top 25 pitcher for me going into next year, which would probably get him in the top seven rounds. Uh, I'll actually be ranking starting pitchers in a few weeks. I'm beginning, actually today, I'll be writing the catcher. I'll be uh, ranking catchers for next season and writing a column based on that. And I'll be going position by position here, probably two a week, uh, at least until the season's over, and then maybe a little more. There will probably be some positions left over after that that I could crank out a little faster. Top but, seven rounds, by the way, is top 84 picks. Go ahead. But we'll uh, we'll find out for sure then if I'm ranking Marquez in the top 25. Who's going to be your number two catcher? Gary Sanchez. Who's going to be your number one catcher? JT Real Muto. What did you just say? JT Real Muto? Over Gary Sanchez? Yeah. You got to – is that – is that a controversial take? I think very controversial, yeah. I mean, Real Muto's been a distant first among catchers this year. I thought it was more controversial to rank Sanchez second. Oh, my. Worth. Oh, my. Let's do a Twitter poll. Let's see what people are thinking. Okay. Um, I mean, there was a 10-round difference between them, I'd say, this year. Well, Real Muto was hurt at the beginning of the year, wasn't he? Well, of course. And Real Muto's proven to be even better than we thought he was coming into the year. Well, Sanchez has a lot of questions surrounding him. I don't think as many questions as it appears from to the uh, to the average baseball fan. I think there's still a lot of reason to believe he's a great hitter. But the fact is, he hasn't hit 200 this year, and now we're not even sure if he's going to be a catcher in the long run. Right, he'll still but that be eligible there next year, year. Yeah. regardless. But they'll have to find another position for him to get at bats at. I think that would only help him get at bats. So he'd probably be a DH for them. In theory, but don't they like having Stanton and Judge? Yeah, one of them in the DH spot. I, I, yeah, yes, they do. All right. Well, we'll see. So far, Real Muto in the lead with eight of eleven votes. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> um. All right. Email today number two is from Josh. You're Paul and Ringo. That's me and you, Scott. First base is deep, but I'm looking over options for next year. I see a bunch of aging, 30-plus-year-olds I don't want anything to do with, at least at their ADP. Encarnacion, Santana, Vado, Smoke, Bohr, Gurriel, Pujols, Zimmerman, Davis, Moreland, Maurer, heck, even Goldie and Rizzo is high picks. Don't excite me. Who are three to five first baggers to get excited about next year? So three I'm watching closely based on uh, I'm watching the off-season developments I will be. Let's use the right verb tense here. The offseason is coming. There are three first basemen in particular who could see their value change a lot during the offseason based on what their teams do. And those three are Tyler White, Max Muncy, and Jose Martinez. I think all three have the potential to be drafted in the top 15 next year if it looks like they're going to have a job all to themselves. Uh, and I think there's a good chance all three of them do. I think the one with the longest odds for that is Jose Martinez because he would have to get traded away. But the Dodgers are going to lose Machado and Dozier, presumably, this offseason, which should free up every day of bats for Muncie again. And, I mean, the Astros have been using White as an everyday player for the last six weeks. So unless he does something to convince them he doesn't deserve that anymore, um, 
you know, Gaddis is a free agent. Marwa Gonzalez is a free agent. They've kind of been using Yuli Gurriel in a more versatile Marwin Gonzalez-like role this season. So I'm hopeful that White's just going to be their regular first baseman next year. Uh, I'm going to be excited about Cody Bellinger. This is how the soft, sure. this is textbook sophomore slump. Now, if they are so loaded that we expect him to sit against lefties, that would be another thing. But, um, assuming that doesn't happen, I would think he will get back on track and offer you good value. It is interesting though, and then this kind of transitions, transitions into our next category, which is shortstop. Trevor Story became the first shortstop with 30 homers, 40 doubles, and 25 steals in a season. Now, it's either the first shortstop in, like, decades or the first shortstop ever, but 30 homers, 40 doubles, and 25 steals in a season. Wow, that's amazing. He must be the number one shortstop. Well, he isn't. He's fourth in points. He's second in roto. And there are two other shortstops that could join that group. Uh, I don't know if Javi Baez will be considered that because he's not, like, a true shortstop, but he's eligible there. He's four steals and four doubles away. Not Don't know if he gets there. But Lindor is two steals away from being 30 homers, 40 doubles, and 25 steals. Um, mm-hmm. shortstop is better than first base this year. The top, the number 12 shortstop is better. And look at this mm-hmm. trend, Scott. The last three years, how much better was the number 12 first baseman than the number 12 shortstop? Little deceiving because it's based on this current pool of players and who's eligible where. But 2015, the number 12 first baseman was 132 fantasy points better than the number 12 shortstop. 132. 2016, 89 points better. 2017, 61 points better. And this year, now shortstop is overtaken first base. So, yeah, I mean, these elite first basemen, they are getting older. And baseball has changed, certainly. But I never thought I'd see the day, Scott, where shortstop was better than first base. I still think it's an oversimplification to say shortstop is better than first base. There's definitely been over the past couple years sort of a leveling out around the infield where certainly in shower leagues it doesn't pay to play the position scarcity game because they're all kind of equal scarcity uh, 1 through 12. You know, you can make a pretty strong case, as you have, that shortstop has been better than first base 1 through 12. It's just once you get past 12, and certainly once you get past 15, that the pendulum swings back toward first base in a pretty dramatic way. Um, you know, first base still has an excess of useful hitters in fantasy. It's just on the high end, it's beginning to deteriorate and it could still bounce back. I mean, it's looked better since Paul Goldschmidt has gotten back on track. Apart from the stolen bases, Paul Goldschmidt has ended up having a pretty typical season. Uh, there's still a lot of reason to believe Joey Votto has elite performance in him. Anthony Rizzo's bounced back in a big way. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be writing off any of those guys personally next year. I think you could probably get Votto as late as like round four, which would make him uh, a nice bargain. But they're all still, they all still have first round potential, I feel like. Freeman being the other one, obviously. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's focus a little bit more on what's happened the last couple of days and help people win some leagues. 
Uh, I think you need a really, I picked up Michael Conforto. I think it's time. To, if you, if you don't have him, he's 70% owned. Tyler White is 69% owned. Just, it's just too easy now. You gotta own him. He's slugging 620. Uh, Scott Shebler, Scott. He's homered in three of his last five games. Scott Shebler. Yeah, he was in the top 10 sleeper hitters for this week because even though he bats left-handed, it's been a two-year trend now. Hits better against left-handed pitchers, and he's taken advantage of it this week. I think he's undervalued. He had some playing time issues early on when they back when they had Winker and Duvall still. Uh, but that's he's he's clearly playing every day now, and uh, he's healthy. Probably deserves to be more owned than he is. Yeah, and it, I mean it's kind of the usual suspects. Looking at who the best hitters have been over the last few weeks, Stephen Piscotty is up there. You could definitely give him a shot. He has five home runs in his last fourteen days. Um, Johan Camargo, we hope he gets healthy, but he's been great. But we talk about him all the time. Same with Tyler White. Uh, Tommy Pham, like, I don't know, he's, he's, uh, 89% owned, so unlikely to be available, but he's certainly turned things around. Ryan O'Hearn was in your sleeper hitters column, and I believe he homered this week. Uh, he did. He homered on Monday. Wonderful. And he scored a run yesterday, and he's walking a lot lately, actually. So is Ryan O'Hearn just gonna take advantage of good matchups this week, or is he someone that he's 15% owned that fantasy owners should, uh, should get to know? He probably deserves to be more owned than that, right? There are enough deep leagues that, um, you know, you got to take advantage of a hitter who's doing what he's doing now in some of those. I don't have a lot of faith in him. The minor league track record is pretty underwhelming. We're talking like a less than 450 OPS for his entire time there. Not not OPS slugging, and a sub 400 OPS. At Slugging a sub 400 slugging at AAA this year, and that's in the PCL. So I'm not exactly sure where this power came from. He, you know, we, he, we've certainly seen plenty of hitters over the years come to the majors and turn into much better power hitters than they ever were in the minors. Maybe he follows suit, but uh, I need to see a lot more. Okay, here's a trivia question: Going into Wednesday's games, Ryan O'Hearn has 29 at-bats against left-handed pitchers, and he is a lefty. How many hits in those 29 at-bats does Ryan O'Hearn have? One? One hit. Oh. One hit, no walks, 14 strikeouts. So if there are lefties on the schedule, avoid Ryan O'Hearn. And now you're Hearn. Um, I yeah. heard that. You heard it. You heard, you heard me. All right, so... I think streaming pitchers is an easier thing to do right now than picking up hitters, but we mentioned Jonathan VR um, as someone you could get. Conforto's been great. Nico Goodrum, he's actually uh, he he left today's game, but in a in a deep league, he might be able to help you. He's been pretty good lately. Nico Goodrum is pretty interesting to me. He's first, second, third, shortstop, and outfield eligible, so I think he might like I. He's interesting in a deep league sense. But you gotta check the injury. Alright, so that gets us to the pitchers now. And, um, let's talk about some studs. Studs being studs. This is all from the last two days. Jay Happ. Jay Happ has a 270 ERA with the Yankees. He's been really, really good. He might start their wild card game, Scott White. Wouldn't you know it? Jay Happ. Mm, that would be surprising. Tanaka. Why wouldn't it be Tanaka? Uh, I think it, I, I don't know, it could be. 
Could, Could be. be, yeah. Uh, I hope it would be Severino, but, you know, T. Severino. Jose Quintana, are you getting more confident in Jose Quintana? His last three starts have been excellent. Yeah, I'm trying not to because I don't feel like uh, there's a clear enough reason why those last three starts have been good. And it's only three starts. I mean, it's not like there's been a huge spike in strikeouts or anything. So I'm trying to just stick to the approach I've had for Quintana for the last few months now, which is that he's pretty fringy. Well, he has thrown more than 100 pitches in two straight starts, which is great because Quintana was barely ever going six yeah, or at least more than six. So that's good to see for him. We'll see. I believe he's starting this weekend against the Reds. Uh Sean Newcomb. It was that matchup at the Giants, but, you know, in Newcomb's last nine starts, he has five really, really good ones and four terrible ones. So is it I just can't really trust Sean Newcomb. You? I can't either. Uh obviously this was a what you want to see from him. Eight strikeouts, no walks. That's the best he's done in uh in those areas for a long time. That that's really where he's gone wrong is the strikeout to walk ratio. So more of this, please, but Am I going to expect it? No. Like you said, the Giants are a really good matchup right now. Yolisha Seen, Mike Fires. Do you just start these guys? Do you uh, play the matchups? Yolisha Seen and Mike Fires. I'd be more likely to start Fires now, regardless of matchup, than Shasin. Shasin's definitely been a matchups type for me all year. And still doesn't make sense to me why he's been as effective as he is, but we're in our second season of that now. So it's kind of hard to just write him off. Fires, as we've talked about every time he's pitched, he has had stretches like this in his career where he looks flat-out dominant, and then it eventually runs out. He can't remain this fine with his command for long enough to to sustain this sort of pace. And so just... Keep that in mind. I mean, there's only, what, three starts left for any of these pitchers rest of season. Mm. So there's a chance nothing goes wrong the rest of this year. But um, eventually it will. Man, if you hear me, I sound a little deflated. I'm playing against Blake Snell in the podcast league playoffs. He uh, lost the no-hitter, but great start for him. Um, so... Yeah, I'm deflated. I really want to win. I got my butt kicked last week. It's a two-week playoff, and I was off to such a great start. Going into today, I was up by like 90 points. So I was getting getting back in the game, but now I just got snelled. Meanwhile, Heath, <laughs> who also got crushed last week, is facing an opponent who has 28 points. 28 fantasy points so far, just having a dreadful week. Um, so Heath, lucky SOB, might make it to the finals. Uh, all right, studs being duds. Are you done with any of these guys? Zach Godley, Alex Wood, Trevor Williams. It's tough to be done with him. He gave up four runs on Monday. That matches the amount he gave up over his combined over his previous nine starts. Hyunjin Ryu, Tanner Roark. I don't think we should be done with all these guys, but maybe some. Godley, Wood, Trevor Williams, Ryu, Roark. I would not be done with any of them. The one I'd come closest to is Roark. Mm-hmm. 
just because when things are bad for him, they're really bad. And I'm not sure the way it's gone for him the past three starts, I'm not sure anything he could do to close out the season with the three starts he has remaining would be enough for me to uh, be willing to put him in my lineup again. All right, we'll talk about some pitchers that you could. And I'm not going to start Godley at Houston, by the way. Just want to say that this weekend. Yeah, that's that fair. scares me. Uh, talk about some pitchers that you might actually be able to pick up and start and win after we talk about ZipRecruiter. We got to talk about the smart things to do. There are job sites that send you t- to tons, send tons of the wrong resumes to sort through. Okay, that's not smart. There are job sites that make you wait for the right candidates to apply to your job. That is not smart. And you might need to get someone to fill in at work while you look for staff. Using your relatives to do that, that is not smart. You know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike to hire the right person. Because ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. It uses its technology to scan thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job. And then ZipRecruiter says, hey, you guys, apply for this job. You're a great fit. You're always going to get qualified candidates. And that's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. So our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. It is ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. One more time. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, the fringy starting pitchers, part one. They're 65 to 79% owned. Shane Bieber. Looks like he's got the White Sox and Red Sox next week. Great start at Tampa Bay. You know how that's going to come out? How? Pink Sox. Oh, nice. I like that. No, you don't. No, it's You're not bad. Me. No, it's not no. bad. No, it's <laughs> dumb. Shouldn't have gone there. You know, Bieber in his previous five starts had a 553 ERA. But no more than four runs in any start, in any start. You know, it was kind of like what you were saying that, that Jack Flaherty had that stretch earlier where like the ERA wasn't great, but none of the starts themselves were that bad. He was just like just missing a good one. I kind of mm. feel like Bieber had been doing that. He just gives up so many damn hits. Yeah, he, he does. And he gets the hard contact rate is high. Uh, but I, I still think the BABIP is too high to last. And he's better than his ERA would suggest. So you're gonna really start good him? control pitcher, really efficient pitcher. You'd start him in a two star week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, who else do you like? Jake Junis, Nick Pavetta, Marco Gonzalez, Kyle Gibson. I'll read a few more after that, or some good ones. Junis, Pavetta, Marco Gonzalez, Kyle Gibson. Yeah, I I like the next names. You're gonna read more, at least two of them. But of the ones you just named, Jake Junis, I think is the one I actually trust the most right now. Yeah, Luis Castillo, baby. This guy's uh, starting to pitch pretty well. Two or fewer earned runs in four of his last five starts. Now, in one of them, there were five total runs, even though he allowed just two earned runs, and he gave up three home runs in it. So that's one of those, what's really an earned run? Well, that's true. if you're giving up home runs, that's not a good thing. But even so, strikeouts have been way up. Been getting a ton of swings and misses on the changeup. He's hardly been walking anybody. It seems like a it could potentially be him turning the corner. And what he did yesterday, he did against Cleveland, right? Yes. Or no, 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 the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Oh uh, yeah. So it was a Dodgers. it was a tough matchup. Uh, two starts next week. One of them's Miami. 
Yeah. Yeah, you gotta pick him up. You gotta start him. Luis Castillo. Also, Mike Miner and Joe Musgrove. Musgrove had St. Louis. And Musgrove, if you look at his past six starts, the ERA's high. He's given up some home runs. But his swinging strike rate in those six starts is over 14%. It would put him in the top 10 among qualifiers. It would put him right there with Justin Verlander. He has been missing a ton of bats lately with elite level control. He throws a ton of strikes. It may be kind of a Bieber thing going on where it's a few too many strikes, but I'm going to trust in the strikeout to walk ratio as good as the one he's shown over his past six starts. I think he's worth using regardless of matchups. Certainly the fact he's in line for two starts next week makes him must own. All right. And I know you don't love Mike Miner, uh, but it is a 270 ERA in his last eight starts. Yeah. And he's, I think he's at San Diego this weekend. If that's the and case, I'm, I'm like, I'm starting him. The strikeout rate really isn't bad. He's hasn't been getting a lot of swinging strikes, but that's not the end all be all. And yeah, the matchup's so good. He's worth using. Okay, okay. Uh, Frenchy starting pitchers part two. Part two. Lucas Giolito, hopefully at Baltimore this weekend. And Tyler Glass now. Uh, only five swinging strikes, so that was strange. Um, that was strange, yeah. but he threw 73% of his pitches for strikes, which is a bigger deal, I think, coming from him. I mean, I think, I, I, I think these guys would be very highly owned if they were, if it were July right now. Probably. But at the same time, uh, Herman Marquez, we were saying the same thing about him a couple weeks ago, and now he's up to like 90% owned. So people, there's still enough people playing to get the ownership up that high. So Giolito and Glass now are available. How much do you yeah. trust them? I don't think there's going to be another opportunity to start Giolito. I mean, maybe if he misses, loses the second start this week and becomes a two-star pitcher next week. We'll we'll see if that happens. Glass now is the one I'm more interested in owning, and he's the more available of the two. Okay. Uh, Frenchy starting pitchers part three, 30 to 49% on. We got Brad Keller and Jose Arena. Uh, these are two guys who pitched recently, and Keller, um, he's been really, he's got a sub two ERA in his last six starts, and he's either got Minnesota this weekend, or he could be two starts next week at Pittsburgh and at Detroit. Keller. Yeah, I like him about as much as I can like any pitcher who doesn't have a good strikeout rate just because he's elite in terms of getting ground balls. And that's how you can make up for a low strikeout rate in today's game. Obviously, it's been going well for him over the past couple months. His next matchup, as you said, probably going to be at Detroit. Either that or he's a two-star pitcher next week. No, it's probably it's either Minnesota this weekend or mm-hmm. two starts next week, and Detroit would be part of that. Well, even if he, if he's a one-star pitcher next week, it would be Oh, Detroit. I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either way, he's somebody who right, Keller, you could justify you starting again next week. Yeah, for sure. All right, and Arania, I'm guessing, not not that interested. <sighs> not as interested as Keller, no. Probably. He, he's not unusable, but I don't think the matchup's... Favor him as well. Couple of deep league pictures. Do you have it? pictures? Do you have any uh, interest in Eric Fetty of the Nationals? And are you up all night to Barucki? <laughs> They've both been pitching 
surprisingly well of late. Fetty has could become a really good could prove to be a ground ball pitcher on the level of a of a Brad Keller, in which case I would be interested in him. But it's too early to say that. Just a couple decent starts and uh man, two really good matchups next week. Is that right, Miami and the Mets? Uh I don't know. I mean, it was a double header. Is he yeah. officially is Fetty in the Nationals rotation? I think so. I think he took Gio Gonzalez's spot. Then I think but he's I a two-star pitcher at Miami and home against the Mets. That'll that would make him an interesting sleeper. Obviously on the deeper end, somebody who a lot of people just aren't going to be able to justify using and understandably, I mean it could it could it could blow up in your face if you do. Um, they're going to have a spot starter Saturday, it looks like, so it may not even happen. We'll see as the weekend gets closer, certainly on Sunday when I do the two-start pitcher update, if Fetty's part of that. Yeah, you know, um, you know what's exciting is that the Rays, the Rays have a 3-1 lead in the eighth right now. So we should get to see who they bring in for the save. Uh, update on the Twitter poll, who would you take first next year at catcher? Gary Sanchez or JT Realmuto? JT Realmuto in the lead, 53% to 47%. I'm very surprised by this. I really look forward to talking about this next week because I, I, I'm very surprised. I'm surprised it's that close to be honest. I thought the, I, I thought there would be a groundswell of antagonism toward Gary Sanchez based on all the bad press he's been getting this season. And the fact he burned a lot of people this past year. So you have, you have some, uh, followers who have nuanced takes, Adam. They're not just emotionally driven. Well, the thing I'd say about Rayo Muto is that up until this year, he was a really, I would say, bad hitter at Marlins Park. And he's been great at home this year. But if he reverts back to being really bad at home, and I, I mean, has he been great at home? Okay, maybe not great, but much better than normal. He's, he's been amazing on the road. But if he were like 2017, his, at home, he, he had a 227, 292, 341 slash line. 2016 at home, um, I have to get that. I don't have that in front of me, but, uh, 250, 284, 359. So if Real Muto goes back to being really bad at home, then I think it's an easy call to go with Gary Sanchez. Well, you're assuming Real Muto is going to be a Marlin next year. I am. I mean, you can't assume anything with them, but I it does seem like they want to build around him. So maybe, or else I feel like they would have traded him now. But you're right. I mean, you definitely can't assume that. All right, we got a lot of emails to read. Let's take a look at today's matchups. I'm going to start with the night games. Joey Lucchese, he is pitching tonight at Wade LeBlanc. Ah, <laughs> tough calls. They are both tough calls. I'd, I could see calling Wade LeBlanc a sleeper with that matchup. It's certainly not something I'm going to go out of my way to do, though. So Lucchese has been pitching better lately. Been pitching yep. a, a little deeper into games. Two straight, I don't know, two, three of his last five, six innings. Yep. Um, so he would line up to face the Giants next week. So you can think about picking him up. He's 56% owned. 
Uh, Nationals at Philly, Strasburg at NOLA. We're gonna start them both, right? Yep. Alright, I'm gonna skip around here. Just do the difficult ones. Um, Chase Anderson at Kyle Hendricks. I'd start Hendricks. I don't think I'd start Anderson. Luis Severino at Jake Odorizzi. I would start Severino. Carlos Rodon at Eric Skogland. Just Rodon. Patrick Corbin at John Gray in Colorado. Both. Giovanni Gallardo and Felix Pena. Rangers at Angels. I don't hate Pena there. I don't hate him. I thought about it. I thought about streaming him. I went against it, but I thought I thought long and hard about it, and it's too late now. Um, all right, we got Thursday's games. Let's give everybody a peek at Thursday's games. Clay Buckholtz at Kyle Freeland. Clay Buckholtz at Kyle Freeland. Kyle Freeland is flirting with the best ERA in Rockies history. Yeah, he is. And what I like seeing is that the strikeouts have really picked up over the past month or so. If he can be a guy who gets one of those every inning, averages one per inning, he could be a real asset in fantasy um, and maybe isn't due for as major of a correction as we're thinking. Uh, I definitely think he's worth starting as is. You know, I'd be more likely to start him than Buckholz, frankly. I don't know that I'm... Obviously, Freeland has a good track record of, record of success at Coors Field. Buckholz might be a little shaky there. My Montgomery at Joe Ross. Neither. Yeah, I think that's going to get rained out anyway. Uh, Brett Anderson at Dylan Bundy. Also probably going to get rained out, but let's just play the game. Brett Anderson at Dylan Bundy? Neither. Sandy Alcantara at Steven Matz. I'd go with Matz there. Not sure I'm ready to do that for Alcantara. Sam Gavilio at Eduardo Rodriguez. Erod is fine. Clayton Kershaw at Austin Gomber. Obviously Kershaw, and I'm going to say no to Gomber. Steven Gonzalez at Heath Fillmire. No. Mike Leake at Matt Shoemaker. No. It is time for emails. Fantasybaseball at CBSI.com. All right, Greg in Kalamazoo, 12-team dynasty league with 12 keepers. It's a points league. I just won my third straight title. I can only Woo! keep, yeah, I can only keep three outfielders. I have Trout, JD Martinez, Blackman, and Soto. So he's gonna have to give up one of Trout, Blackman, Martinez, and Soto. Um, I need a catcher, I need a third baseman. Uh, let's see. Which outfielder would you trade? I've been offered Kershaw, Kluber, and Anthony Rendon for Blackman in three separate deals. Oh, three separate, okay. But whoever you get back in the deal, you're not going to be able to keep either, or is it no, just he will, you're he limited in the number to. of the outfielders you can yeah, keep? exactly. He'll be able to keep the whoever, whoever he gets back. Okay. I think I would. Which one would you take? I, I, I like the Blackman would be the one I'd prefer to get rid of yeah. in this format. I uh, probably I think I would want Kluber take, the most. Kluber's, yeah. Kluber's the one I draft first next year. All right. I thought you He's also the that. oldest, so that kind of... Makes me second guess it, but I, I think Kluber I'd go with. Oh yeah, and then I'd probably try to flip Kluber for a better third baseman than Rendon. It's like, you know, if you're gonna lose Blackman and you get Rendon, you can keep Rendon. Like that makes sense in a keeper context, but you are downgrading a little bit too much. 
Um, Bill Byron from Palm Desert, California wants to know if the Dodgers are going to pull Walker Bueller from the rotation. He then emailed back and he said he saw a graphic that said the Dodgers are going to start Walker Bueller on Friday. So mm. that is helpful to know. Thank you. I've been anticipating them removing him for a while now because he's already set a career high in innings and the assumption is he's going to pick up more in the playoffs too, assuming they're there. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, 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 haven't, a, I haven't seen any strong indications, any reports of that happening yet. That's a tough assumption to make. They got to get there first, you know. They do. I think they're out they right have, now, right? I mean, Stripling, giving Stripling starts would make more sense from a development standpoint at this point, I think. So Stripling started today, and he went like three and a third. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope He's, nobody started him. I did tweet that that uh, he did not, he was not going to get enough innings. Right now, the Dodgers are out of the playoffs. They're a game and a half out of their division. They're three games back of the second wild card, which is St. Louis. Uh, and, and I really like, like, if this were earlier in the year and I didn't have all these obligations, there's just no way I'm gonna watch baseball on Friday night. Um, but, uh, I would watch Walker Bueller versus Jack Flaherty. That's awesome. Uh, from yeah, Josh. Part two. Yeah, Stripling or Shoemaker? Who do I keep for the playoffs? Stripling or Shoemaker? Stripling. From Blake, first base playoff dilemma. I have a Breu, Tyler White, and Jesus Aguilar. Who should I drop of those three? Hmm. I think it's Aguilar. Uh, I think it's uh, I probably, yeah. Uh, he hasn't been as productive in the second half. I'd rather not drop him, but I think that's the the one to drop of these three. Holly from Cali. Hey, Mac, Frank, Dennis, and D. It's, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Head-to-head points league, first place. I have a bye this week. I have two ads left, and I'm trying to line up my two-star pitchers. I'm thinking of adding Felix Pena and Brad Keller. As it appears, they have pretty good matchups next week. I could easily drop Dylan Bundy and Edwin Jackson. So, yeah, definitely drop those guys. Um, I'll take a look at the two-star pitcher list and see if we have Pena on there. Yeah, we have him at Oakland and at Houston. That's, that is dicey. And then Keller, we only have as a one-star pitcher, but he might make two starts, but, it, the, but he'll have he Detroit. He, he'll have Detroit. Yeah, we'll see how. Things play out this weekend for Keller. I like them both, though. I think Pena and Keller are pitchers you can consider even when they're making one start. So uh, I don't know that the matchups could be much worse for Pena at Oakland they, and at Houston. They're not great, but I still think it's worth doing. I think he's that good. From Robbie. Robbie says, Dear Umber, Neiman, and Townsend. Remember well, them? Umber and Neiman were both high draft picks. I think Townsend was too. He says this is the 2004 draft. Okay, yeah. Umber was Mets. Neiman was Rays. I don't remember Townsend. He may not have done as much in the majors. Uh, Okay, can I drop Brian Dozier? Oh, no, no, no. That's not the question. The question is, (laughs) due to Dozier's recent decline, would you keep him? In a 14-team Roto League where you keep seven players. Oh. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah. It, it's borderline, though. I can understand. Like, it would depend what my other options were. And it would depend if you're giving up a draft pick, which he doesn't share. I assume not. But, yeah, I, I, you probably drafted Dozier in the third round this past year. You don't want to keep him there. Right, right. 
Uh, hey, Garfunkel and Oates. That's not nice. That's not nice, Scott. You know why that's not nice? Why is that not nice? Because that's the second guy in the Simon and Garfunkel Hall and Oates second billing. Wow. Well, we probably deserve it. Is Carlos Martinez going to be your number one relief pitcher next year? I don't know. How many, what does he need, 20? No, you only need 10. Oh, you need 10? Uh, he's got like still, seven right now. He's got seven, okay. Something like that. I, I mean, if things play out, I, I would expect he's going to get three more before the season's over. And uh, if things play out like I suspect, he'll, he returns to starting next year. Um, yes. Then, yeah, yes. I think he'd have to be. Wow, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Um, so, certainly in a points league, maybe not in a categories league. Maybe some of the elite closers would still rank ahead of him, but it's it'd be close. From Matt in Illinois, dear Peter White and Patches. Well, Patches O'Houlihan is from Dodgeball. Yep. The others from Dodgeball. They sure are. Peter Lefleur, yeah. White. What is White's name? I, I almost said White Everett, but that's Scott's son's name, Everett White. Um, <laughs> White Goodman or something? What the hell is his name? First round of our fantasy playoffs, Carlos Correa stinks worse than Greg Bird somehow. He's done nothing since returning from the DL. We can't continue to take negative points from Carlos Correa. Uh, here are some available names. Marcus Simeon, Paul DeYoung, Dansby Swanson, Brandon Lau, Chris Taylor. Would you swap any of them in instead of Correa? Marcus Simeon, Paul DeYoung, Dansby Swanson, Brandon Lau, Chris Taylor. No, I mean, though that group hasn't offered enough. For me to feel confident, it would be a true upgrade. I think I'd just cross my fingers and hope Carlos Correa snaps out of it. White Goodman, I was right, I win. Uh, and finally from Andrew, who would you start in a points league? Giolito against Baltimore, Bieber against Detroit, or Fires against Tampa Bay? Giolito against Baltimore, Bieber against Detroit, Fires against Tampa Bay. I would start. That's a tough one. I think the Beebs. The Beebs. Because the Rays aren't really that favorable of a matchup. Yeah, um, they're not. Regardless, it's hard to sit fires right now. Yeah. But I'm I think I'd go the Beebs. I'm going to read one more. Two-star pitcher need for Antoine. Barucky, Roark, Glasnow. Glasnow. Is he set no up a two-star at Texas and at Toronto for Glass now? Roark. Roark, I think, is only a one-star pitcher. Glass now it is. Scott White, thank you very much. Thank you, Adam. Sorry for the delay today, everybody. And it's all my fault. Talk to you. Uh, no. We'll talk to you it on Friday. Okay, it is. We'll talk to you on <laughs> Friday. Uh, have a good one, people. We'll talk to you then.